Thank you for tuning in today on Voyage Through the Bible with Billy G. Nolan, where his heart is to fortify and strengthen your relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoy this mini teaching, and if you need prayer, if you would like more information, or you simply want to join us as we voyage through the Bible, go to www.voyagethroughthebible.org. We're beginning a study in Matthew. Matthew is a unique book that begins the New Testament. It's uh, a book with many unique parts to it. First of all, we, we need to have an understanding of some of the background of it. Uh, I hope I don't bore you while we're talking about it, and I hope I can bring this into a point of interest for you. It's a synoptic gospel, which means Matthew, Mark, and Luke are very similar in storylines. They have, some have one story and another has another story, but in a general storyline, they're quite similar. They all have different flavors, though. They all represent a little bit different uh, tone to the story of the Gospels in each one. Uh, in, in Matthew, it's a story that deals with the Jewish people. It's dealing with the Hebrews in entirety, and it's slanted in the writing so that it would be more comprehensible to Jewish uh, people of that day. Uh, Mark is written to the Romans, and it has a sense of reason about it uh, that the other Gospels does not have. Then we come to Luke, which is written for the Greek nations, Greek language speaking people, and it has logic and unique phrasing that represents it. And then the Gospel of John is separate from the synoptic Gospels, and it's one that is written for all believers, all time, all generations, including our own. When we go to a new believer, we ask them to begin to read the Gospel of John first and read it over many times. And in it, you get the flavor of being a believer in a very unique and great way. Matthew and Genesis are both books of new beginnings. Both of them uh, shed light into uh, Genesis into the Old Testament, into the New, and Matthew into the New, but referring deeply into the Old Testament. Some informational points about Matthew. Matthew is very loud in a very quiet way. And we'll get into some information about that as we continue on. Just some history that we have is that the, the Greeks at some point were conquerors of Judea. They also, at that point, raised up a rebellion among a group called the Maccabees. And they 
the loudness and quietness that we're talking about uh, will begin to liberate as we go through. In the book of Matthew, we learn if we're listening and praying while we're reading a sense of understanding worship. It begins to deal with us on a personal level so that we become more worshipers than we were before we consume the book of Matthew. I just want to tell you that there was a man I knew many years ago. He was a backwoods preacher. He wasn't as refined as some, although he did have a doctor's degree and he was a unique teacher, but he had many phrases. And one of his phrases is, I, I have the stuff to give you, he said. Another saying is, if you run out of soap, I have plenty of soap to give you. You can come back to see me. And what he was saying, if you run out of your zeal, come back to see me. I have enough for both of us. Kind of unique thinking. It's kind of blending in with our thoughts concerning the book of Matthew. In the time in Judea, there were several parties, several groups of people. There were the Pharisees who were the uh, conservatives of the day, and there were the Sadducees who were the liberals of the day, and there were the scribes who were, took everything at a liver, literal stand. There were the Herodians who were the political, savvy, selfish kind of uh, grasping political group. And the last one was a rebellious group who were wanting to overthrow the Romans, and they were in contention. Uh, some of them were, were supposed to carry knives with them, and when they seen somebody that they thought was in their path, they would try to assassinate them. Jesus' teaching in the book of Matthew is, at a very large extent, given to us. Matthew was written in two languages. It was written in a language called Armathea, and it was written in a, in a, also in Greek. It was written in Hebrew uh, at also. In Matthew 9, 9, it describes who Matthew was. He was a tax collector and a publican. He was the worst of the worst, and he was hated by his own people. He had collaborated with the Romans, and they had told him how much they, he owed them for other people's taxes, and then he would turn around and upcharge. So most of the tax collectors were really rich. They were really well-funded because they had, had, had taken the art of being a tax thief for the people in general. Many of the Old Testament prophecies were given in such a way that there was a connecting point with who Jesus was. So Matthew makes the connecting point in many times as he continues on through it now. So you see, I fell in love with the book of Matthew many years ago, and I hope during this time I can impart the great love I have for the gospel of Matthew 
into your own hearts. The book of Matthew explains that Jesus is a king and Jesus has a kingdom and it explains that Jesus is royal. Matthew is speaking exclusively to the Jewish nation, but he's also speaking to other nations. He's speaking to the Jewish nation in particular, Jewish believers. He's speaking to Gentile, non-Jewish believers, and he's speaking to the governments of every nation in the world. The great silence was 400 years that the Lord didn't speak between the last Old Testament prophet and the New Testament, and he breaks through. And I want to explain to you that the Lord can break through with you as an individual. He didn't break through in the government palaces. He didn't break through in all the religious organizations. He broke through with a simple man, with a simple request. And his name was Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a priest, and he had a priest obligation in the temple, and he was at his temple obligation when an angel approached him. Zacchaeus was an old man. He wasn't a young man, and his wife was beyond the age when she could have children. And she had never had any children, so this became a very abrupt moment for him. An angel appeared to him. It's like somebody coming standing next to you, that kind of appearance. And the angel said that his wife, Elizabeth, would have a boy, the angel told him what the name of the boy would be, John. And Zechariah was such a man that he had plenty of doubts. And he acted dumb, so the angel hit him and said, until the baby is born, you will be dumb and you will not speak. This is the first breakthrough moment in the 400 years of silence. You know, Zechariah had to have it in this silence when it broke through to him. It had to be very loud. Sometimes the Lord speaks to each one of us in very light forms, two or three words. Don't doubt it when you hear these things, but begin to nestle them inside your heart and allow the Lord to expand on his words, personal words to you. Let it be affirmed by other people and let the word of God confirm it within your heart. But immediately understand the silence is broken for the whole world. Jesus has come. The whole world has had it broken. I'm going to give you a little history lesson it begun with 400 years of silence. At about 100 BC, a guy named Athithicus Aphenicus, and I really said it wrong, I'm sorry, was a military man that took, he took Jerusalem captive and the temple captive, and he offered a pig on the altar, which was absolutely uh, wrong. And in 63 BC, the Romans came along and took Jerusalem 
And then there was, then in 37 BC, Herod the Great took Jerusalem and displaced the Maccabean priest kings that had ruled for several hundred years. And in 19 BC, Herod the Great reconstructed the temple and made it a glorious place. In 9 BC, Jesus is born. The whole country of Judea, and we can't throw stones at, at the Jewish people at that time, they had taken a legal holiness attitude to the point that the word of God almost was idol worshipped. There were synagogues that were started at the Babylonian captivity and the only place that there was Hebrew really spoken at that time was in the temple itself. As we had said earlier, the language of the day was Aramaic and Greek. It was a very common language, common to, to the point. And the Greek language was very definite at that point, And it made it really extraordinary when the Bible, the New Testament, was written. This dull introduction has taken place, and we're almost done with it. But I want to tell you that there has been periodically books written, and the books that have been written have not been part of the Word of God. So when you have a book that's written that isn't a part of the Word of God, uh, measure it with the Word of God. Measure it with what the Word of God says. It says in the word that in the fullness of time, Jesus came. Let's go back to Matthew and let's find out a little bit more of what's in Matthew. This is my important list. It's not the list of the educated. It is just mine. The kingdom of Jesus is explained in Matthew in detail. He's our personal king. He's a king that we can participate with. We can have teachings and understanding from our king. In Matthew, there's a proclamation of the king, explaining in many details who he is and what he's done and what he will do. The passion of the king the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. And at last, the power of the king. Many people miss that part. Our king has power, and he translates it to each one of us. You have the power of the resurrection working in your life. You have the power of God in wisdom and understanding working in your life. The very moment you have a need, Cry out for the great king who has great power to interject himself into your life, and he will. The king and his great kingdom teachings are in Matthew. In Matthew 5 through 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 10 is a teaching about leaders. In Matthew 13 is the parables of the kingdom. And in Matthew 18, the forgiveness of the kingdom, and Matthew 24 through 25, 
talks about our coming king and his full reign on this earth. So I'd like to end this with just a statement as we begin to move into this study, we're studying Matthew as a kingdom study. We're going to be finding many things about our king. We're going to find out that we're a royal people. We're kingdom people. We're going to be finding out there's power in the kingdom and the kingdom is for us. So I would like to launch this study with an ending prayer. I ask, O oh Lord, that you give us wisdom from Matthew, wisdom to understand your great kingliness in our lives, your great resurrection power. Teach us, O oh my God, from Matthew how to live and move through this Christian life. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast from Billy on this episode of Voyage Through the Bible. This journey and its many adventures lead you into the mysteries of creation and man, not only to know the Bible, but to experience it and live it. If you would like to sow into this ministry and be a part of somebody else's journey as they learn about God, please visit our website, www.voyagethroughthebible.org.